the Gritty Growing Up podcast. Because mental health conversations don't have to be uncomfortable and argumentative. Gritty Growing Up is about challenging the perceptions of childhood and recognising that whilst it isn't what it used to be, we can still make it positive. Join us as we share conversations, knowledge and strategies to help your family connect and move forward together. And welcome back to Gritty Growing Up. This week we're jumping into all things screen time and the wonders of all things tech. Now technology's taken the world by storm. It's long gone are the days of the Commodore 64 and dial-up internet. And whilst technology has opened so many new forms of communication, entertainment and interaction, alongside the blessing of being able to access everything at our fingertips, it's brought a new curse into so many households. Whilst some can take and leave electronics, some have opted out of all things app-based. Others are absolutely obsessed. And for so many young people, it's a really unhealthy attachment that's begun to develop. And for many parents and many professionals has become something that's become the focus of conversation. The Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health surveyed 109 children and young people and found that up to 88% of children and young people aged 11 to 24 acknowledged that screen time actually had a negative impact on their sleep. 41% said that screen time had affected their play or fun. And 35% said that screen time had a negative impact on their mood and mental health. They found on average that an average young person aged 11 to 24 spent five hours on a tablet or computer, three hours on their phone and two hours watching TV. And we can understand how for something that is such a blessing, something that allows us to do so much in so little time, the ability to be able to access information so quickly, that this can start to become quite alarming. Now, the World Health Organization guidance for screen time says that children under the age of two should have no access to gadgets. Children aged two to five should spend no more than one hour using screens in a day. Children aged five to 18 should spend no more than two hours a day. And adults, no more than two hours screen time in a 24-hour period. So how do we justify that in a year when we've encouraged up to six hours of online learning a day? When children spend time in class, at home, doing homework and socially using electronics? And one of those first things that we need to do is actually acknowledge what are our current habits? What are our current habits as adults, as parents, and what are the habits of the young people in our households? Because we can all fall into that screen time hole. And taking some time to monitor your usage, your family's usage, and look at the potholes in your routine that maybe lend themselves to a bit of scrolling, losing yourself in a screen rather than engaging in any other activity. What are the changes that you could make? Now, beyond just being an issue that we're looking at screens, we actually need to consider what are the negative behaviours that are coming from using screen time. Things like sleep issues, including irregular sleep schedules and less sleep, behavioural problems, increased anxiety and depression, attention and concentration difficulties, aggressive or violent outbursts, reduced social skills, mood swings, an increase in obesity, body dysmorphia, self-esteem issues and reduced academic performance. Beyond that, a study by Wang in 2012 actually found that gaming addiction can actually cause brain shrinkage in processing areas. Studies have shown that computers and children can impact brain development. So children who are excessively using screens, excessively using computers, can actually find that there are shrinkages in areas of their brain where processing occurs. It can affect their impulse control, it can affect their empathy and compassion, 
and create misfiring, causing erratic behaviours. So is it time that we actually started to wage a war on finding some balance? Whilst electronics are part of the world, they're part of our development, they're part of society, how do we pull back that balance and help children to develop really healthy attitudes to using screens, but also address our own challenges with using screens? Now, why do children become addicted to computers? We have to remember that children's brain development means that they can't regulate their own behaviours. And as such, once they are absorbed in an activity, they won't consciously always recognise that it's time to stop. I want you to take a moment to consider the last time that you were binge watching a box set, scrolling on your phone, and before you realised an hour had passed, two hours, three hours, half the evening. It's very easy to get caught up in a screen that has been psychologically designed to entice you. That everything that you search for on the internet reappears via cookies on your apps. So we need to sometimes stop and recognise that children cannot be in charge of regulating their screen time. And that means that actually as adults, as parents, as professionals, we need to support them to understand what those boundaries need to look like. Now, many parents and some children or teens might describe their behaviours towards screens and gaming as addictive And whilst some schools of thought do refer to addictive behaviours, others will look at it as excessive use or reliance. Our brains fundamentally love reward. And every time we use a screen for gaming, for social media, we are getting those constant immediate rewards and that validation that so many of us seek. Computer games, apps and social media platforms have all been designed to stimulate your brain, create entertainment and keep you enticed. The developers are masters at what they do and using screens therefore becomes really rewarding. When you're engaged in those activities, you're constantly releasing dopamine. Your brain is finding it rewarding, it's finding it pleasurable and I want you to put that into the scope of a teenager, a young person who's gaming, who every time they achieve a level, every time they achieve a point, every time they achieve the next part of the game, they get that dopamine hit. And that means that their brains, their brain pathways are releasing these neurotransmitters and their brain's activating and wants to repeat the behaviour because it feels good. The more intensely they feel it, the more frequently they feel it, the more they want to do it, which reinforces the behaviour. So we're not just tackling a habit. We're not just tackling excessive gaming usage. We're actually tackling a neurotransmitter response to the action that we're completing. And At the end of the day, screens, phones, gaming, they all offer an unlimited supply of reward and it stimulates such intense dopamine responses alongside the feeling of serotonin being released, which reinforces the behaviour and tells us that it's a good thing that we're doing this. It's a catalogue for getting stuck, for developing some really strong habitual behaviours that when a parent or a professional then says you need to reduce that time, the brain has to ask the question, well, why would I want to? So if we're playing games, consistently achieving, increasing our levels of dopamine, flooding ourselves with serotonin, telling us that this is an amazing experience, this is such a good thing, how do we stop a child from using them? How do we reduce that screen time to more generic levels, to balanced levels? How do we balance this out in other areas of their life for holistic well-being? Now, the programmers and developers of these games, the screens, the social media apps, they know what they're doing. The knowledge of brain psychology that goes into creating these systems to activate that reward system 
is so tailored to doing exactly what it does. Couple that with some really sensitive algorithms, which are constantly reading your preferences, monitoring the websites that you look at, the pages that you're exploring, the things that you like. They're placing in front of you the temptation. They're keeping you engaged and they're manipulating you to continually go and look for the things that you're wanting. So it becomes a multi-sensory experience because everything you want is right there. I want you to think about a casino. When did you ever find a casino that had daylight? The concept of no understanding of night or day, the constant entertainment, the flood of fun, the opportunities to win, it creates that same sensation but in a handheld device. And therefore, when we're playing games, when we're playing multi-platform games, when we're involved in apps, we actually enjoy the response that we get. And it's very difficult to mimic those same feelings, that same continual dopamine response in everyday life. So some young people will question, why would I want to stop? Because the world is quite boring. Whereas once upon a time, we would go out and meet friends and get that same dopamine hit from seeing them. What do we do when we can get that dopamine hit from our bedrooms? Research has shown that the ongoing use of computer games can lead to changes in our reward systems in our brain. So we actually become dependent on their usage. That computer game becomes our toxic best friend. And if we're persistently using computers, we actually become less responsive to natural rewards. So therefore, things like nature and toys and hobbies and sports just don't hold that same value to our brains. So quite simply, the level of effort required to engage in everyday hobbies just disappears into insignificance. The ease that we can get that dopamine hit from social media, gaming and screens far outweighs everything else that we could want. So therefore, the removal of computers can actually create a lot of stress and anxiety. And for some young people, when it's threatened that they're going to have their computer games removed from them, when we take away their phones, their brains actually go through quite a huge quantity of stress. So therefore, we can find that some young people just can't cope. And you might find that there is an increase of aggression, irritability, anger, anxiety, being quite withdrawn if you do remove those screens. So we have to work out how for some young people we can slowly wean them off of them to find a better balance. Screens have a place in society. We can't escape them. We use them in the workplace. We use them when we go to the supermarket. We use them when we're in school. Everywhere we turn, there's some kind of technology. So young people need to be able to access them, need to be able to engage and utilise them in order to be able to move forward in studying careers. So many courses now are online. There's the ability to be able to study anywhere in the world at the tip of our fingers. So how do we find a balance? Now, we know that screens are part of life. They're part of something that is our general routines. But what other things do we need? And it's considering how you can put limits on screen time whilst also encouraging physical activity and fresh air. So dopamine and serotonin can also be accessed by exercise and being outside in nature, the fresh air and the sunshine. Engaging children in social activities to keep their social and communication skills really strong and offering a really wide range of toys, resources and games for all areas of development. So remembering that our guidance is actually for under two, screen time is not advised. So really thinking about how we can really use those fundamental early years to develop as many positive skills as possible, and that we can consistently keep those moving alongside using technology. 
for our school age children who might start to use technology at school, looking at how we might introduce educational based activities. So if we are using games, they've got a purpose. Making sure that actually our meal times aren't eaten in front of screens, making sure that there is a break. Now, particularly in terms of things like obesity, it's recognising that if we're watching a screen at the same time as eating, our brain isn't recognising the satisfaction to food in the same way it would do if there's no screen there. So considering making meal times a screen-free time, making sure that we're encouraging physical activity, engaging in social activities, and making sure that we stop screen time one to two hours before bed. There's so much research that many people have now read and recognised that when we're reading things on a screen, when we're engaging with screen time right up to bedtime, that blue light is actually affecting our sleep quality. And that blue light is actually affecting our REM sleep that we need for that restorative need. So really considering how you can tackle reducing screen time for those periods of time before bed, re-implementing better routines. For our older children, considering how we can remove screens from the bedtime bedroom so making sure actually screens are switched off that we're having rooms with no screens and phones in them at bedtime and agreeing really strong boundaries that we all agree to especially if you're considering a child who doesn't yet have a mobile phone doesn't yet have devices how can you agree the expectations before they have them once we have those things in place it can feel really challenging to start moving the goalposts so thinking about before they've even got it how can we sit down together and make these plans now it's not an overnight activity if you do have a young person whose brain is really engaged with electronics really loves screens we need to remember that young people's prefrontal cortex where their rational thought and logical decisions are developed are still impulsive and right into their late teens So thinking about how we can support them to make decisions, how we can help them to enforce really good boundaries and give them really clear guidance and controls to manage their screen time effectively. And that starts with us being the role model. How can we be instilling boundaries about screen time if we're not doing it ourselves? We can't be saying in one breath, you can't have your phone on whilst you're eating your dinner and then we're sitting answering phone calls or replying to text messages, even on the pretext that it's for work. If we're going to enforce expectations, we need to be consistent with them. We need to set really clear boundaries that, again, the whole family follows. So if we're saying that we're having two hours before bed with no screens, everybody in the family permits to that to ensure that we're being consistent, that we're actually demonstrating and modelling what we're saying to our young people and that it's consistent across the whole family. If we're thinking about screen-free time, what are we going to do with it? How are we going to use that time? What are you going to put in the place for activities? How are you going to implement really clear bedtime routines and wind down time? It might also be a case that you might decide as a family to set some screen free time in your week. Is it a case that you have an evening a week where it's just family time, a day at the weekend where nobody's phones or devices come out and actually set a precedence for everybody? Sometimes we also need to identify if there's any underlying issue. So has a child got any indicators of additional needs? Because, for instance, some children with ADHD actually find screen time really beneficial to help them feel calmer. If that is the case and it is an identified need, work with the professionals, consider things like blue light glasses to help children reduce some of those impulse issues. At bedtime, remove your screens, including TV in bed, and actually replace that with more 
emotionally appropriate activities it might be considering how we're calming down how we engaging with something different so it might be that actually we've got meditation tracks that we listen to it might be that we're reading together that we have some time to practice breathing techniques thinking about how we can implement some really clear no screens at bedtime rules it might be a case that we all agree that our phones are kept in the kitchen at night and they're not accessed When we're changing our routines, actually focusing on the praise, making sure that young people see that we're really proud of them for the changes they're making and making sure that they see that we're actually noticing the efforts that they're making. But making sure that in that we also consider other ways to connect. Now, many young people and children use technology to connect with their friends, to connect with family. So how can we plan times for them to be able to meet up with friends, develop those social and communication skills or get involved in new activities or clubs? And lastly, it's about promoting physical activity and hobbies. The dopamine that we would normally have from the screens, we need to find a way of replicating that. And physical activities and hobbies are a great way for releasing dopamine and that sense of reward. So working with your young person that once you've worked on reducing that screen time, that you're replacing some of that time with some really purposeful hobbies that give them that same feeling of dopamine that give those natural dopamine loops releasing serotonin and helping them to really feel that they're connected with something so that we don't just grieve the loss of the screen we've got something else to engage with it's not an overnight activity it is something that sometimes we have to phase in very gently we have to make a family agreement to do it but if your child is reliant on screens or habits at home have become unhealthy reducing them can initially feel overwhelming But a great time to start doing these things is often in half terms and summer holidays when there's a lot more opportunities to go and engage in new activities, new routines and try new hobbies. So thinking about a couple of rules that you might implement, a couple of new expectations or a couple of new boundaries that you as a family are going to start to engage in so that you can start developing healthier habits towards electronics and help your young people understand why those are so important. Now, we'll be back next week for more Gritty Growing Up. So we'll see you very soon. Stay safe, keep open-minded, and we'll look forward to sharing more gritty moments with you next time. If you want to up your knowledge in the meantime, head over to www.dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com. 